0: Hello, Sack King's Therapy, episode forty-two. It is the dawning of a new age. It is the dawning of a new season. You know, new, new me, new you. Fall? Not really. Not, <laughs> Not really. Until no. next year. <laughs> no, okay. Well, well, I was trying to, I was, I was gonna, give, you know, set you up with a gimme there, but let's I'm move sorry. on regardless. Let's move on regardless. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, NBA season is now not officially back, but you know preseason has started, so basically it's kind of back. Uh, Kings play some games, um, and you know we got the chance to kind of see what they're about. And well, let's just start with the you know the S word or the P word. The S word, speed and pace, is uh, what we're talking about. Kings playing with a lot of pace was really the first thing I noticed, but it's a it's in a way that's just a, still a bit sloppy, where they're just playing fast for the sake of playing fast. There isn't any kind of efficiency behind it, if that makes any sense. Uh, you know... Like I, I get what they're trying to do, but for now I like to see a little bit more control in terms of like their speed. But it's nice to actually see them go back to the Dave Yeager days, if mm-hmm. you know, if that's your cup of tea. What what are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I like that they're playing with speed, but you're right with the they need to just figure things out. Like when they run across the court, they should be able to set up plays uh easily to get the defense off guard. The, the off or the other team's defense off guard. Uh yeah, I saw a few plays uh in the highlights and in game where it's like, ooh, couple turnovers. But so far, overall, I think working out fine for now. Uh we'll have to see when the regular season starts and uh probably more utilize it a lot better.
0: You just mentioned it right there. Everything that we are going to say here, we got to put it in the caveat. This is preseason. Nothing really (laughs) matters. It's kind of a cardio. It's just, you know, really just to get into shape for a lot of the players. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, with how condensed training camp is and even how this preseason is, it's just really there for everyone to get into shape. So, you know, there are some things I don't like. There are some things I like. Well, you know, it's important not to overreact because it is, you know, preseason. So, uh, well, let's, I guess, start with a bad and then we'll move on to some good. Uh, defense overall is still pretty bad. Um, although, you know, I, there were encouraging signs. Uh, but le- let's let's start with a bad. So uh, in the Portland game, both Portland games, we gave up a lot of open threes. Now, of course, these were some, I guess, just relatively open looks like, you know, where like, you know, a guy is kind of getting a hand up, but he's not really close enough to really contest the shot. But Portland was just hitting shots. And, you know, there's a, a lot of those shots that I felt you, you know, you just pat them on the butt for making it. You know, those were semi-open and they took it and they made it. However, they did give up a lot of easy ones as well. And Portland got hot. <laughs> and, you know, it's still very discouraging to see that trend continue. But again, it's preseason. And, you know, players really haven't had a chance to, you know, get into rhythm yet. But I hope that this kind of irons itself out because I, this is going to get really frustrating to watch if this is going to happen in the regular season.
1: Yeah, defense overall, still bad. But we have talked about how Buddy Heald has improved.
0: I I think we did. Uh in terms of defense. Before we actually get into that, well let, let's also talk about like the little full core press that we're doing. Like I've noticed I do notice that, you know, we're actually watching the Warriors games um as <laughs> we're recording. Uh the Kings are trying out this kind of like full core press just to kind of throw the team off a little bit. It we almost actually got a steal because I think it was Jordan Poole. He just almost threw the ball out of bounds. Uh you know, it's something to kind of keep an eye on. I and mean, you know, we're trying out new stuff and you know, and I've heard players talk in interviews about how they're trying out new defensive strategies. And just, you know, it's different from other years. So this is interesting to keep an eye on. And le- now let's move on to Buddy. You just mentioned that Buddy looks like he's playing harder defense.
1: Yeah, it really does in a way. Like, um, I kind of forgot what happened like before the bubble, but during the bubble, his defense was how I say it, very lackluster, I guess.
0: Yeah, like, I I don't... His defense is not good by any means, but like a lot of times I just feel like he just loses focus. Um, And it's one of those frustrating things that, you know, you, you hope that he irons out. And it's one of the reasons why Luke didn't trust him in fourth quarters and didn't play him in fourth quarters. It wasn't because of his offense. It's because he does just tend to make really dumb mistakes where he just loses a guy and isn't paying attention or just falls asleep. However, starting in the preseason, he's playing with a, a different type of desire. Uh, you know, like literally just as we're speaking, he actually managed to get a jump ball on Andrew Wiggins. I don't ever remember him doing that last year at all. So. You know, like that's actually pretty cool. It looks like he looks like he's going to try, you know, focus more on the defensive end. Sure. He probably will never be, you know, a lockdown defensive stopper. But, you know, guys like Kyle Korver, guys like JJ Redick, those guys learn to play the position. And, I, you know, I hope that Buddy kind of focuses on just being a better positional defender, just being in the right place. Instead of, you know, running around all the time, almost lost that on the defensive end. And, uh, God damn it. so the Kings just lost Steph Curry again. Um, <laughs> so, you know, again, we're working on it. But it's nice to see that, you know, Buddy is seemingly giving a shit on that end now. Like, he even talked about it in, in interviews, talking about how motherfuckers <laughs> said he can't play defense. And, which is kind of true. But, you know, like, it's, it's nice to see him kind of at least trying to make strides.
1: Yeah, it's great to see. But speaking of Steph Curry,
0: man, he's just running everywhere. (laughs) Yep, he's he looks like he's in midseason form. Uh, Yeah, but yeah, I've what's it called? Like I've I've listened to other Warriors podcasts, and they talk about how a lot of teammates are actually learning (laughs) like Steph Curry (laughs) tendencies because oh, then this, you know, just. Just before the break, actually, uh, Andrew Wiggins, you could see, was looking for Steph Curry, like running to the corner. You know that famous, you know, corner three where he run, where basically he passes the ball and then runs to the corner and gets the uh, ball back. Looks like Andrew Wiggins is, you know, getting used to that. So that's pretty cool. Um, Well, back to the Kings. Uh, Let's not Mm -hmm. turn this into Warriors pod. Uh, (laughs) Rashawn talking about expanding his game. He he now has a not a very good driving game by any means, but it looks like he's trying to like be a dr- be you know a dribble drive guy now. And also, he hit a three in one of the games, and it looks like he's going to actually try and shoot one three a game. Uh, yeah. So that's really cool to see him expanding his game. He had a euro step. It was a really weird play where basically I, I thought he was going to screen for Fox. But all of a sudden, Fox screens for him. He drives. He gets by Yo or Nurkic, not Jokic, Nurkic, and draws a foul on. I think it was Damian Lillard. I don't remember, but uh, that actually caught me off guard. Like how he caught uh, Damian Lillard off guard. I think he caught the. I think he caught the entire team off guard.
1: I mean, it's preseason. Might as
0: well test out things. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. Another person. uh, Kyle Guy, um, he, he looked up pretty good, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. A lot more than I expected, to be honest. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I said in the bubble, like, he's probably not a player um, just because he's so small. And, like, I, don't, I didn't think that his shooting would be able to even justify him being on the court just because he's so small. But, you know, he's figuring out a way. And it's just, he's, he's been putting in work from what I've heard.
1: Oh, yeah. I always thought, you know, Justin James being a little taller, a little bigger would be um, forced better within the NBA. But so far, Cal Guy's really like showing off his skill set in terms of uh, passing and even handling the ball a lot better than I expected.
0: Yeah, which just shows you sometimes it like, you know, theoretically, like Justin James should, you know, be better than Kyle Guy. But honestly, right now, it's that's just not the case. Some people just don't don't develop in the same trajectory. And, you know, all the, all the credit in the world to Kyle Guy for working hard and possibly becoming a, you know, a spot minutes kind of guy during the regular season for the Kings. You know, hopefully Justin James figures it out too, because, you know, he's got size. He's got crazy athleticism. You know, like, I hope he gets some minutes too. And, you know, if Daquan can't play. Huh. Oh, yeah. We haven't seen
1: him yet.
0: We saw him in the first Portland game, but I think he has back issues. Uh, Him and Corey Joseph, that's why they've been out. I see. So, yeah. Other than that, Fox is still really good, but definitely needs to work on his free throws. (laughs) I think he's been shooting like 50% in the the preseason. I don't remember him hitting two free throws in a row so far Mm. in the preseason. And I, you know, it is preseason. He is he is jacking up a lot of threes and some, and like you know, the De- Aaron's strength is driving to the rim. But if he ever does get that jump shot, it's done. Like he, he, he's a mate, he would be one of the best players in the league. But as it is now, he, he's still not a great three point shooter. And I'm not a fan of him taking a lot of these, taking some step back. It is preseason, however, you might as well try it out. But they were not pretty to look at.
1: Mm-hmm inventory we'll
0: probably get there but uh yeah well um so we did draft of uh, you know at number 12 this year and we drafted Tyrese Halliburton and so far he's been good like you, you see like one of the things that really was touted about him was he had great feel for the game and boy does that show in the preseason He has great feel on both uh, offensive and defensive end, although at first it was mostly on the defensive end because when he first checked into the game in the first Portland game, he was a bit timid. You know, he was just trying to kind of play within himself, but like not really doing anything. He would just kind of pass or like move the ball, try to like get the offense going, but he wasn't really doing anything other than that. But, you know, on the defensive end, however, he was constantly getting deflections. He's six five with a seven foot wingspan, so he was just everywhere. Like you can tell that he has very long arms, and that with those instincts, he kept getting his hand on the ball, getting deflections. I think he got like one or two steals, but like that's great to see. And then in the second game, he started to get a little bit more comfortable on the offensive end, and. Gr- And, you know, he started to kind of start set guys up and you could see him like push the ball in transition and just know where guys are. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like there, he had multiple moments where, you know, granted it was garbage time, but like, he was just no cow guy was open. Just Mm -hmm. like, without even looking his way, he would know that he was open and just almost like instinctually knew he was going to be at a spot. Pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, I'd say I gotta say he has one of the highest basketball IQs I could think of in recent Kings history. I don't know who else would you consider.
0: Yep. I mean, Jason Jones brought this up. It's almost it's almost refreshing to see the Kings draft a high IQ guy because he's interviewed a lot of Kings over the years, and he's had, he's met some head scratchingly uh, let's just say players with not as high basketball IQ. So. <laughs> Yeah, so he knows and yeah it's he's he's been touted as a great you know someone with great character and probably the highest basketball iq in the draft you know i think his feel is like probably just behind Lamelo ball in this draft so yeah but you he really showed it and just to see how he managed to just improve like it wasn't like you know a you know, a groundbreaking jump from the first to the second game, but you saw how comfortable he got and how much better he was in that second game. I'm excited to see him, like, see him progress for the rest of the season. Yeah, especially the
1: lineup that he played with uh, on the floor. Like, he utilized a lot of, um, let's see, who was on the floor? Metu, Guy? Uh, Woodard and Ramsey. Yeah,
0: without even... Wait, how would I call it? He just has a good instinct for where everyone is and just how to approach the game. Luke Walton talked about like how in, like he doesn't try to like memorize plays. He instead he tries to understand why like essentially why is basketball basically? And basically, (laughs) he instead focuses more on what that play is trying to do, like what kind of opening it's trying to create, as opposed to just memorizing it, you know, step by step or spot by spot. And he sees the game in a different way. And I'm excited to see how he develops throughout the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, You just just mentioned it. Uh, There was a lineup at the end of the second preseason game. It was uh, Metu, uh, Ramsey, uh, Guy, Woodard, and Halliburton. And this is a refreshing thing to see. It, it was a, t- a lineup that, you know, moved without the ball very well. Like, Woodard seems to have an instinct for that. And Ramsey was, you know, there. Um, Kyle Guy is a really good off-ball mover. And, you know, um, Metu uh, was uh, there. And he, was, he seemed to be in the right spot. And th- this lineup played with hustle, played with feistiness, and just you know moved seamlessly they you know they got the ball moving got you know attack closeouts attacked openings it was really nice to see and it's just refreshing to see i guess just fun basketball a t- you know a lineup that plays really hard and just you know goes after it and it was really cool to see at the end of the uh end of, end of the fourth quarter during garbage time in the second preseason game against portland
1: mhm yeah especially this lineup that they only really like met, literally like probably like what a couple months ago, maybe. Some yeah. of them from the G League. Actually, not of even them... a
0: couple months ago. Only
1: like a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's crazy how like developed they uh,
0: became, just playing with each other. Yeah, so like it shows you like that. Just, I guess these guys all have good feel. It's anchored by Halliburton, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's good, it's good to see like that. These guys are probably going to be able to play well together, and these guys are going to develop, and they're going to be rotation players, I think, during the regular season.
1: Yeah, that'll be exciting to see. Yeah.
0: So, uh, real quick, before we actually move on to uh, to some issues that we saw, uh, you know, I I love Damian Lillard. He's probably my second or third favorite player behind Curry and Fox. Like he. He does a lot of foul baiting. It's one of the it's a very annoying little trick that he does. Like basically he'll be he'll be being guarded by say Corey Joseph and Corey and try to bait the foul from mm-hmm. the ref. It, and you can actually see him even when he doesn't get the he knows when he's not gonna get the call and will pass out of it or just throw it up <laughs> towards the basket. Like I love Dane. That's probably one of the only knocks I have on him. It's just that he does that shit so much, and this has been a thing that I've noticed like for a
1: while. Yeah. Sadly, it's a quote, like, quote,
0: unquote, good tactic by. It's a, it's lot a smart of play. It's yeah. a smart play. It really is. It's not fun to watch because someone will put like a hand on him or like breathe in his way, and he will jump up in the air and throw that ball in. And sometimes it even goes in. It actually did not one of the games so
1: you know now that you mentioned about foul baiting i think buddy should utilize foul baiting a little more in my opinion
0: i mean he really should Uh, buddy one of buddy's biggest weaknesses on the offensive end doesn't draw a lot of free throws
1: Mm -hmm. you know i
0: i wouldn't love it but you know if it's on my team i i don't mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
1: our player now yeah.
0: So yeah, Buddy really probably should learn from Dame if anything. Learn from J.J. Redick. Learn from Kyle Korver and those guys. Hell, learn from Steph Curry. Like Steph Curry's really good at this. You know, this foul baiting cheese. Basically, um, yeah. It's it's just one of the thing. One of the only things I have to say the bad to say about Dame. The dude is probably. I, it sucks that he you know he wasn't drafted by Sag, but ultimately kind of worked out. But you know like it's just one of the things that just really annoys me about watching him sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, moving on uh, back to the Kings. So overall, my takeaway with the Kings in the preseason so far in two and a half games, you know, like some of the old issues still exist uh, that have carried on from the bubble. Basically, you know, the defense just isn't there yet. Again, it is the preseason. so but it's just some of these old issues are still popping up. Like, in the particular in the second game, where the King got actually a pretty good lead uh, in the second quarter, but as soon as they stop making shots, their defense kind of falls off a little bit, even more than it usually does. And when shots just aren't going down, like they are so vulnerable to you know double digit comebacks from the other team, just because the communication on their defense just isn't there, they'll just give up easy baskets, give up easy threes. I really want to see the Kings clean that up because that's been going on since the bubble. And you know, it's just kind of it it's just kind of discouraging sometimes to see, you know, the you know the bench unit of the Portland actually like take control of the game in the second half. <laughs> Granted we did end up coming back uh, later on, but like it was a pretty rough watch uh, than that second half of that second game. Yeah, sadly for that it was our bench unit that helped us come back. <laughs> And, you know, like, the other team kind of stopped trying to. Well, like, they were they were a bit on, on cruise control as well. But it was nice to see the, you know, the bench unit anchored by Halliburton. Uh, that, that lineup we just talked about, they brought us back. And, you know, it's it's encouraging but discouraging that the starters kind of got outplayed. Yeah. Um. Well, another note, Harry Giles, no longer in the Kings, now in the Portland Trailblazers. He played really well against the Kings. And it was. I'm happy for the guy. Like I'm really happy for Harry. I love Harry. You. I'm. I'm pretty sure you do too. And like it's just he basically played with a fire. He played with a vengeance. And it's it really looked like he wanted to show up the Kings for basically giving up on him for no for no good reason, declining his option. And he basically showed. He basically made you know the entire organization probably regret ever letting him go.
1: Yeah, like you mentioned, he he played in a way where I have never seen him play when he was a king, and
0: well, that's the sad man. part. He had he had actually been showing flashes of it, but like he the, he came with a mission. This game, he wanted oh, yeah. to embarrass the Kings, yeah. and I think he had a he had double doubles in both games. So yeah,
1: yeah. I mean he he proved it for sure.
0: Oh so, man, and you know it sucks, but you know it. You know, I, I'm happy. I'm happy for the guy, but it is painful to watch him just essentially pretty much destroy the Kings. He keyed. To, he basically keyed comebacks and both, or like was part a big part of why like Portland took control of the first game and then kind of came back in the second game. So, yeah, it, you know, happy for Harry, and hopefully he gets a spot on that uh, on that Blazers. And that Blazers a uh, big man rotation because he's probably gonna be the fourth big man in the rotation, and hopefully, he gets ahead of Zach Collins. Hopefully,
1: yeah, hopefully. I'll, I'll continue to support him like I continue to support former Kings players that are still in the league,
0: and yeah, and I, w- I will too. Um, and last thing about the games, uh, so far, have you noticed how weird the I guess the broadcast is like how they muff they really muffled and like blurred the s- sound on the court to the point where I can barely hear the whistles anymore,
1: yeah, now that you mention it, sometimes, yeah, I barely hear the ball bouncing uh more yeah, more of the commentators, sadly, it's not the king's commentators that i or that I've listened to in the streams, but you know. Yeah, it's kind of weird, I guess you could say.
0: I, I will say they did actually, the, one of the mics did catch uh, Harry going fuck really loud. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> but any uh, any takes on Mark? Oh yeah, you know, you haven't heard the Kings broadcast. I was going to ask you about Mark Jones, what you think of him so far. But since you haven't heard about him or you haven't heard him yet. No, I'll probably save that question for another day. No, sadly, I haven't heard him yet. But eventually, I, eventually. I thought he was fine. Like he's he seems like a pretty good compliment to Del Christie. Oh wait, oh sorry,
1: never mind. It's he replaced that We're not going to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, the man that shall not be named. Yeah, Although he did. He did post some videos over the weekend, but um, yeah, the court sounds really weird, and you know they you can really hear the commentary. It <laughs> was the same. They seem unnaturally loud to a degree.
1: Yes, some of the. Sh- or one of the streams. I don't know who who's the commentators are, but they were they were pretty boring.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a lot of times I don't even really listen to them. But like, unless it's really bad or really funny, I usually don't notice them. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to the NBA at large. We're gonna talk a lot about uh, extensions. Uh, so, well, we haven't had a chance to actually record an episode since this happened. But Paul George got an extension. Uh, basically a max extension, not the super max, but it is, you know, pretty hefty amount of change. Uh, So, What were your thoughts on the Paul George extension?
1: Uh, I thought that he wanted to be traded at white impression, I guess, uh, that he wanted to be traded, but since he got the extension and is planning to stay for this season in the Clippers, uh, I, yeah, I think the money he, uh, got is what he deserves and yeah i think he's playing uh with that amount on his uh, white back
0: yeah i i think the perception of paul george as a player has been pretty badly damaged by the bubble but he is still a really good player like you know offense offense aside like he's a really good defender both individually and in a team setting so like the you know he's one of the best two-way players in the league. And of course you have to bring up the fact that he played like shit in the bubble and that should be taken into account. But I mean, the, I mean, the reality is, is that the Clippers traded five picks for him. I think two, two pick swaps and three draft picks. Like they, they traded the farm to get him and it makes sense for them to lock him up and not, you know, possibly have him walk at the end of the year because he has a player option at the end of the year. And had he not gotten this extension, he could have walked this year. And that would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. But, you know, overall, I thought this contract was fine because, you know, you can't really do anything else with that money. Like, I, I was having a conversation with someone and they they thought, like, why didn't they just spend $46 million on someone else? Well, salary cap doesn't work that way. That's why. So,
1: <laughs>
0: you know. I think I think this contract is fine. You have to pay that kind of price to get a guy like Paul George. And you know, he compliments, you know, Kawhi pretty well. Again, you know, I know he was shit in the bubble, but like you you have to pay a guy like Paul George that this amount of money, especially after you traded away Shea Gilles' Alexander and then Little Galinari and so many draft picks.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a big investment, but yeah, they should have or what am I saying? Yeah, that's the price that you're willing to pay.
0: Do you think uh, Kawhi will be getting an extension?
1: Ooh, well...
0: or uh, More accurately, will he, will, is he going to sign the an extension?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what my thought is. Uh, hard to say. I feel like he wants to stay, since it's close to his hometown. But, you know, you never know. Could be ring chasing in, in a different team anytime in the future.
0: You never know. Uh, Steve Ballmer might be uh, try to secretly plan a return to San Diego. Become go back to the San Diego Clippers. You know, that's how that's how you get Kawhi to stay. <laughs> because Kawhi actually still lives in San Diego. There, there was a bit. There was an article that said like Kawhi was always late to team team plane rides because he had to drive all the way from San Diego to L.A. Dear God. Yeah, whenever they went on, uh, what's it called, like plane trips, basically to you know other to like the East Coast and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's that's a pretty long commute. Yeah, unless he has a helicopter or something, I don't know.
0: I think he drives because he he was always late. So, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, like I said, long, pretty long commute from San Diego to the uh, stadium. So.
0: I mean, you know, he left, you know, a potential dynasty in the Raptors just to live in, back in San Diego. You know, there is no place like home, so you can't That's put a, You really can't put a value on him. And hell, if the Clippers are gonna let him do that, why not? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> and you know, a guy that you know, if anybody's gonna get special treatment, it's he's in that tier where if anyone's gonna get special treatment, it's gonna be him. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's in the tier of like the Lebrons, the Steph Curry, the ADs, and mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, it's. It's it's annoying to deal with, I assume, but you know it, he is a star, and you know stars don't come don't come that easily. Yep, he deserves it. Well, so speaking of uh, extensions, um, this just happened today. Uh, we were actually recorded yesterday, and we didn't talk we didn't talk about this because it hadn't happened. But Giannis signs the Supermax extension. I don't know the specific numbers. It's a boatload of money. <laughs> Basically, and he is yeah. he is going to stay in Milwaukee for the time being, at least.
1: Yeah, pretty pretty much the most money in NBA history signed to this player, and kind of glad that he got this extension because I I still believe that uh, he could win at least maybe one or two rings within this five years, as long as uh, everyone's healthy and maybe
0: certain changes have, have will happen
1: in the next five years. You never know.
0: Fong, you have to understand they don't have Eric Bledsoe anymore. So they're probably winning oh, five no. more five. They're probably going five for five. Uh, I kid. But like, <laughs> you know, Eric Bledsoe was just so bad in the playoffs. Like it's... uh, Hopefully he figures it out at some point. I don't think he'll get another chance to, but like, you know, you know good luck to Eric Bledsoe and with the Pelicans. But Drew Holiday is a huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe and hopefully they can figure something out. And, you know, like he, he wins a championship because, you know, I, you know, going back to Paul George, Paul George has fucked like the extension and like the security that an extension brings because Paul George and Oklahoma City signed, I think, four years. I think it was a two plus one. I don't remember the, I don't remember the exact contract. Basically, he signed to stay in Oklahoma City. You know, and then he will, and then he had like I think a concert with Nas, where he was on stage saying like I'm here to stay, I'm here to stay in Oklahoma City. You know, fast forward about a year, gets a game winner hit in his face uh, by Damian Lillard, and he <laughs> demands a trade. So, you know, I hope that this doesn't happen, even if like the Bucks lose. Like I hope you know, Giannis doesn't just go to the front office and demand a trade. He's he's within his right too, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate him for. it, But like I just hope that he's he signed this extension with deep intention to stay to win a championship in Milwaukee. Yeah, and not just bail I guess at the at the slightest bit of I guess adversity. Although he's been through a lot, but you know what I'm saying. It's I just hope he stays because it. It is getting tough because it feels like everyone is moving around nowadays. Like superstars just moving around. There's no real team connection anymore. yeah, and I want to see it to a certain degree get restored because you know, I don't want to deal like Fox has signed the extension. I don't want to have to deal with, you know, even though he just signed a you know a five year extension, to be taught for the media to be talking about, well, he'd be so much better on this team or that team. I just want that conversation to just kind of die down because I don't imagine it's fun being a Milwaukee fan and hearing all these lustful these thirsty teams all just kind of you know foaming at the mouth at the at the thought of Giannis maybe coming to their team in 2 years. Mm-hmm. It's I mean I don't imagine how I can't imagine how annoying that is.
1: Yeah, we're we're in that kind of era where a lot of superstars would like to move just to ring chase. It's a lot more than uh, I remembered from like the early 2000s and possibly even like earlier than that. But, yeah, uh,
0: it's a, it's. I mean, it's a it's a new, it's a definitely a new era, and you know the perception of changing teams is different. So you know, I I again, I just want to see just more. I guess team connections not yeah. just players moving around all the time. And hopefully Giannis is there to stay for the long term, mm-hmm. long haul, I mean.
1: And like you mentioned when we were taught, uh, a big win for the small market businesses, well, not businesses, but small market teams, because, yeah, Milwaukee isn't that big of a market compared to other teams. And, you know, yeah, pretty glad that he's staying.
0: Yeah, um I guess yeah I guess will be a win for small market teams. It you know, I just hope that, you know, more I mean I don't think this issue will ever go away just because a lot the problem with a lot of small market teams, they have bad management. So it's not that it's so much a win for small market teams, it's more of a win for a team that's c- competent. You know, has mm-hmm. a competent management. Although the Bucks owner office has been kind of botching a lot of stuff, but like, you know, it's good, I think, for the overall health of the league. And, you know, they, you know, hopefully, like, no more kind of, like, side-eyeing from, like, other teams trying to get Giannis. Yeah. Let's... Honestly, that was getting pretty annoying. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, Knock on wood. Hopefully it doesn't demand a trade. Although I think he does have to wait two years before he can request a trade.
1: Yeah, but he'll still be young at his prime.
0: So mm-hmm. we'll see.
1: How many draft picks do you think he'll go for? For him? For him, it better be at least 10.
0: Oh, I don't think you can legally do that. That's the thing. (laughs) I know. That would would really test how many draft picks you can include. Right. It's going to have to be, like, Giannis, a
1: bunch of lower-end players in Milwaukee, and then the other team would have to trade a bunch of picks and maybe, like, An all-star and another player or two. I don't know.
0: I don't think this will ever happen, but let's just say if New York would ever trade him, and I don't think this is allowed in the CBA. Like James Dolan would have to probably sell 50% of uh you know the Madison Square Garden to him in order to get Giannis. Like, I, I can't imagine what it would actually take. Like, I don't know, it's, you know, the, the rarest Jordans and like just all throw everything at him. Just sell him the entire entirety of Manhattan. I don't know. James Dolan has to give up his apartment, something like that.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> I, it's going to be a big blockbuster if it ever happens. Yeah.
0: Well, talk, speaking of, you know, possible trades, a trade that is likely to happen at some point, more likely than not, honestly, at this point. James Harden uh, demanded a trade um a while, not a while back. It's only been like a week, but it feels like an eternity. But he's basically, you know, not it. He was he was supposed to report to training camp, but instead he decided to go to a strip club, go to little Babies um birthday party and went to another strip club in Las Vegas, you know, just because and he has reported to training camp and I think he's playing right now, if I remember right.
1: Yeah, he played today.
0: Oh yeah, so he did play and you know it seems like he's back, but the message has been sent. He kind of he wants out of Houston. And there's no real way of kind of sugarcoating that. And so I guess you know I guess that just got me thinking. Like What teams, like, we actually did go over this, but, like, what teams do you think he would would probably be the best, I guess, to trade for him?
1: Well, let's see. For me, in terms of fitment, I guess, instead of, like, assets, because James Harden is going to be super hard to, like, trade for. Uh, My dot was Warriors in the West, or. Maybe rappers in the East.
0: (laughs) Ah, The Warriors. Now it's gonna be so funny when they do the entire fan base does a one eighty on James Harden (laughs) because he's on the Warriors now. But (laughs) like the the main thing I keep running into about probably why he's still stuck in Houston. Well, part of it is because you know uh, Houston is asking for pretty ridiculous trades. Like I I know like Sixers really want him and they don't want to include Ben Simmons, but Houston wants Ben Simmons and picks. So like it's, they're driving up a high price for James Harden. That's part of it. But then you think about, let's just say, for example, your example of the Warriors. Now, would you, would you be completely confident saying that they are finals locked, that they're going to beat the Lakers to get to the finals if they get James Harden?
1: Like they're gonna have to give up a lot to the Houston, like you have mentioned, but to beat the LA teams,
0: I think it'll be kind of tough. I will say they had a chance to beat them with Russell Westbrook. I think they can do it with Steph Curry instead of Russell Westbrook. I'll just put it. I'll just put it that way. But like, if like there are there. Actually, the Warriors are actually a unique team where they can actually kind of not give up a lot to get Harden because they can just include um Andrew Wiggins and probably a few picks. Like in terms of like their actual core, I don't think they have to give up like the farm for him. Maybe they have to include a lot of draft picks, but like the issue with James Harden is that you know you confidently can't like you're not confident enough to say that he he's gonna take the Warriors to the championship right away Mm -hmm. and honestly I can't say so either I'm not confident that they're going to beat the Lakers and so in that case you shouldn't really trade for him because you're going to end up giving the farm up for him and he's not really a kind of missing piece kind of player because he's a player that has to for the most part for the past few years that during his you know his historic MVP run like he ha- he has to play a very cert specific way that kind of you know takes away from a lot of his a lot of like the good things that his teammates can do and mm-hmm. it's just hard to find a fit for him if he is not willing to adapt and there's no guarantee that he's willing to adapt so there so that's part of it, and so that's why you might not want to give up the farm to actually get him give up all the traffics, give up all the players you don't want to give up like pieces of your core to get a guy like that. And then you add into the fact that maybe, like, he could walk after two years or af- at the end of next season. So it's, it's it's a complicated situation. And then if you, like, let's just say if he was to get traded to the Raptors, I don't really see a scenario where they don't have to give up one or both of OG and and Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. So like, if you trade like one of those guys, you you now you have a huge hole on the defensive end because you know as Harden can be good in spots, but he is overall not a good defender. So again, you you have to give up something to get him a core piece for the most part, and I I just can't be confident enough to say that he will take you to the championship.
1: I see, I see. Fear radically. Let's just say the Warriors are in for it. Who do you think? they would give up for Harden.
0: I imagine Andrew Wiggins and James Wiseman. Okay. And probably, you know, they're... I imagine they would have to give up the Minnesota pick with that. Ooh. That's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. And that's what I mean. You're giving up a lot of your core... Hell, you're giving up your future, basically, because James Harden's not exactly all that young anymore. He's 31. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, you have maybe... But, you know, you have basically, you know, close your long-term window. You are trying to win now if you're doing that. Yeah. And the Warriors might be, unless they want to go all-in, this is not a good move, for the most part, I think, because, you know, we don't know what Wiseman is yet, and you know, he could be the bridge to the future for the Warriors.
1: That's very true. Huh.
0: So, it's, it's a complicated situation, and, you know, I think overall, like, the, the best the best fit is the Nets, I think overall. But like they, they don't really have much of a farm to actually give him. Is the thing they don't have a farm. <laughs> it's a it's a very mediocre kind of small t- small little village. So it's I, that's a that's such a weird analogy. But like Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Lavert, and maybe a draft pick. You know, J- Jared Allen is that's not exactly inspiring. So it's what that's probably the best fit but again they don't have the package form so either they're going to have to include a third team or houston just settles for that and i don't think they're going to do that
1: yeah we'll we'll have to see by the deadline because i'm i kind of uh, i really kind of want to see what team will actually pick up in, and kind of like what kind of package they would give him because yeah he he is he will be one of those big blockbusters that we haven't seen in a while
0: it would be so funny if bradley beal gets gets angry playing with russ and demands a trade oh and, no. <laughs> and they trade and they trade to him to him and they trade him to houston for hard <laughs> no at that point who's the better team well <laughs> that's actually true i don't know I, honestly, I, I really don't know. Washington might be good on the offensive end. They're, the defensive end, there could be a train wreck, but you know, like, oh, that, oh, that would be so funny. I, I Although I do think him going to the Warriors would be even funnier, just because that fan base hates Harden. <laughs> uh, so, I, I don't know. It's, again, I I think the best fit overall is probably the Nets, but imagine the toxic dump that locker room will be. Yeah. Well, they're the ones that have to deal with it, not us. <laughs> Any thoughts on Kyrie saying he's not going to talk to the media during the season? Any dots I mean it's
1: like uh, it's his choice, <laughs> I guess,
0: yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was like I don't know it was kind of like you know throw- kind of almost throwing your arms up and screaming for attention more than anything like. I mean, you don't have to announce it. <laughs> why, why are you announcing it? Just don't talk to media. Like, in reality, not that many people care. Not that many people care. I don't know. I don't really worry about Kyrie because he says some pretty dumb shit, so I've kind of tuned him out. So.
1: I mean, you could be just like Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here.
0: There, there you go. Perfect. You know, <laughs> Rashid, pull just pull the Rasheed Wallace. It's that simple. Yeah. Both teams play hard.
1: I'm just like, here, so I won't get fined. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know why he just doesn't pull that. He, instead, he has the, the you know t- tweet out like an elaborate message that does that. Just it's a it's like the most condescending type of fake woke that really has ever existed.
1: Yeah, he is something something I haven't seen in a while from an NBA player, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he's definitely got people. He doesn't have anyone around him that tells him that. Hey, Hey, dude! Like, I get that you you're a free thinker. You tweet some pretty dumb shit. <laughs> go, go read a book. Go read a book or something instead of you know. He definitely is a is a proud graduate of the University of YouTube.
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I, I thought you meant an actual university.
0: No, but uh, you know, uh, that that's kind of my thought. I, I'm not you know, just, I don't have much else to say about it. But you know, our final topic. That we're gonna just briefly go over, and I hate that he managed to make it on here. Le'Angelo Ball was waived by the Detroit Pistons. Uh, so, has Lavar Ball's grand scheme failed?
1: I'm gonna say not just yet.
0: So okay. you're so you're a Lamelo guy then?
1: I'm gonna say Michael Jordan. Give this guy the minimum.
0: I mean, why the hell not? <laughs> like Bring- what? what's the bring, harm yeah
1: bring the ball family to the hornets just might give him a two-way
0: way. <laughs> give him a 10-day something
1: yeah might as well get give him a chance
0: that'll that'll gain so much exposure i haven't watched much of liangelo mainly because there really isn't that much <laughs> so yeah. like he's a he's a you know he's he has potential to maybe be a three and d guy with you know some post some post up potential possibly like well, you know he's six five. He's not exactly all that tall. Maybe like six four. I I don't I don't know. It's yeah. he seems to be a fringe NBA guy at best. Yeah,
1: I mean eventually he'll improve. But I've I've seen some tidbits in the Hornets games that I thought, man, yeah, this guy's passing is pretty pretty elite. And uh, his Hello you're talking about? Or oh, what about with I'm sorry. I I keep on mixing up these guys' names.
0: Wait, Lamelo? Yeah. Why? What
1: were we talking about?
0: Yeah, well, I Lee was, I was, oh, yeah, I was talking about LiAngelo, about being a fringe NBA guy, but yeah, Lamelo, he's got he's got something special about him. Um, I hate to admit it, like he he has you know great feel, like whatever the hell ty- Tyrese Halliburton has, like you know Lamelo has that same feel for the game. I do think he's a little overrated. <laughs> this, I mean, this sums him up in the best, in just the most perfect way. You know, he had, you know, a number of assists. I think he ended up the game with uh, five assists. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, scored no points <laughs> and had, I think, like four turnovers. That basically sums up Lamella Ball in a nutshell. Basically, mm-hmm. cannot shoot, cannot, cannot really score, but has incredible highlights. And his passing is real. He is, he is already like one of the best passers probably in the league. And with a mm-hmm. great handle, like he had, like an. I, this is like way more impressive than to the naked eye. His, his ability to be able to throw accurate passes with his left hand as well on the move—that's special. And if you can ever figure out how to score, and you know, possibly how to shoot. Might he could be a problem, but as far as it is now, he's just tall Ricky Rubio.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like he'll eventually get there. He's still young. Uh for Liangelo. Like I said, Michael sign him. Might as well get Lonzo in there someday.
0: I mean, yeah, you know, Lonzo's Lonzo's uh on the final year of his contract, you know. He might be he's gonna be restricted, I think. Mm. How much do you think he'll get paid? That's actually really tough to gauge. I want to say around to eight to ten, eight to twelve million dollars a year, but I don't know. Mm. I mean, now now that the Kings have Halliburton, I don't want him anymore. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, he's really hard to gauge. I'll have to see how he plays throughout the season and you know catch up on some Pelicans news, but like he. He's he's like he's not good enough to be a primary point guard. He's more your secondary ball handler. So I just don't. And you know he doesn't. He's not like Bogey where you can create. You know at least kind of create a shot. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know what that market is.
1: Yeah, someone will, will eventually pick him up.
0: But New York, come on, do it, man. <laughs>
1: you always like New York, huh?
0: I don't know any kind of like. <laughs> And any any player that no one wants that you could potentially overpay. I mean, hello New York Knicks. I don't care if you got Leon Rose. I don't care if you got Worldwide West. You keep doing this shit over and over again, so it's it's just gonna keep happening. I, I refuse to believe that it's gonna that is gonna be any different. Yeah,
1: New York sports overall. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know too much about the other sports, but yeah, Knicks have just been in this pattern where they just they fall in love with these kind of has-beens i guess and not not to say that lonzo Ball's a has-been but definitely like overrated players like Julius randall and stuff like that so yeah
1: <laughs>
0: and also just to throw a random shot at them uh just remember they traded kp for dennis smith jr and yeah yeah that's you wonder why I don't respect them. So, yeah. <laughs> Kind of uh, sad. Okay, well, you know, it's enough bashing of the Knicks. They suffered enough. Or the fans yes. have suffered enough. But, uh, you know, uh, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, we'll, probably, we'll come back after the uh, second Warriors preseason game, our final preseason game, and we'll just recap, see if there's any updates, any kind of things we notice.
1: Yeah, we shall see
0: okay we'll catch you guys on the next episode
1: yep see you guys when's the next game Thursday uh yes maybe Thursday <laughs>
0: maybe Thursday all right flashy